I want to pray, and I just want to jump into the message. Uh, if you've been around for the last number of weeks, you guys know our, our sermon series this month was um, a summer mixtape. It was a summer mixtape, and kind of our idea was to get different voices sharing with us as a church family. Uh, obviously, we've heard from Pastor Jair. Uh, last week, we had Emma, and that was powerful. We had Brian and Bryn uh, the week before that. And I actually hadn't planned to preach this week, so my plan was to stay off to the 11th, Kind of get some different voices up and sharing. Uh, we're actually moving this week, so so we're in the middle of kind of the middle of a move. But then Emma happened last week, and so <laughs> Emma Stark came through, and uh, it was powerful. I mean, God moved. How many of you were here last week in some capacity for the meetings with Emma? Uh, you know, Val talks about a prophet's reward, and man, it was just absolutely powerful. But as I was praying about it, I thought there was so much that God just released. And it was, it was encouraging, it was building us up, it was challenging. Uh, let's be real, maybe for some of us, we're like, I've never seen that happen before in a church service. And so maybe for some of us, it was a little bit like, wow, you know, or maybe not so wow. But, you know, for some of us, it was, there was definitely a lot that was there. And so as I prayed, I thought, you know, I really wanted to take this Sunday. I felt the Lord because I could never get a real peace about what was supposed to happen this Sunday. But I just felt from God like I wanted to go back through what was shared. And I wanted to kind of just bring some, maybe some highlights for us as a church. Talk about some things. Uh, you know, I, I, now, let me say right off the beginning, I'm not going to be able to unpack everything that happened last weekend in one message. I'm not even going to try. But what I can do, I think we're going to be unpacking it over the next several months in different ways in teaching, but also in the spirit with what God did. But I did feel like there was some things as I went back over the messages, as I reflected on what God did, there were some things that I felt like, you know, I think these are some important things for us to really to debrief on as a church family. So I don't know if this is really a sermon as much as it's going to be a debrief. Now, if you weren't here last week, I hate to tell you, you missed, a, you missed an amazing, crazy weekend. Uh, you can go watch online and catch some of the services. It's not quite the same online as it is in person. Uh, no, nothing against being online, but, you know, just with some of the moving of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, our, our, our camera people, they were working harder than ever before. They're just following Emma back, and she's marching to the back. She's, like, up on a pew praying for somebody. Uh, you know, it's like, it actually the lady, there was one, one of the services, she got up, and there was a lady sitting somewhere right about here, and she got up in the pew, and she was laying hands on her. The lady came up to me afterwards and said, hey, I'm Jackie from the, from up at the trailer at the lake. And it was actually a lady. I realized I'd never seen her before except kind of in trailer, beachwear, everything else. And I'm like, hey, you know, my parents are up there. It was just cool what God did. So, so what I want to do today is I've just got some thoughts for you. Some different things that, that stood out to me, some things I think that we need to really chew on and wrestle with as a church, and then I think we're going to finish with some prayer. But then I don't know where this is going to go. I just want to stay very open to the Holy Spirit. We may stop and pray halfway through it and just feel what God is saying for us to do. Pastor Sharon would definitely want to bring greetings. She is actually currently in Dallas. So she's working um, with Empower 21s. They have some meetings that are there. And so she would definitely want me to bring greetings. I was joking at first. So I said, I'm holding things down on the home front, but my kids are with my parents. So I'm really not holding anything down right now at the moment. But uh, I'm still going to take credit for holding it down on the home front. And uh, we are moving this week. So got a, a little bit of work to do. She's just, so this is how it works. She's off fun doing ministry things and I'm packing. Right? So that's, that's how it's working. No, straight up, she's going to watch this and kick me. She packed all last week. Like, she did so much packing leading up to going. So, 
So I'll be good. But pray for us. It, it is going to be a busy week. Let's, let's go before the Lord. Though. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this opportunity we have to be here. Lord, I thank you just for what you did last weekend. God, we, we, all this year we've been saying we want to go deeper. And last weekend was definitely an opportunity to go deeper. Uh, but, Lord, we also know it's, you know, we're, we're always learning and we're growing. And, and so I thank you for today being a great time just for us as a church family to, to, to look at some of the highlights of what you said, to, to prayerfully consider how we can not just be hearers of the word, but we can be doers of the word. And how do we take that and, and move forward with it together as a church family? And so we thank you for all this in the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed, said, amen. amen. All right, so I just have some thoughts for you, just thoughts. I, I went through the messages, listened to them again, because obviously I was here hearing them, but you hear them a little differently when you go back through them. And sometimes, you know, you thought you heard something a certain way, but you go back and listen, you know, oh, okay, no, I, I saw that angle now. And so I went back and listened to it, and I just asked the Lord, what are some highlights here? What are some things that you particularly want to emphasize to me? What are some things that I believe that you want to emphasize to us as a church? Oh, my brother made it. Hey, Joel, I was just telling everybody how you got stuck on the 401. So my brother right there, he pushed through. He pushed through. He made it. So awesome. So uh, the first thought, and I want to, is Daniel 11.32. So I'm just going to pull different things that Emma said, some different things full. But she brought up the verse. And some, if some of you, if you were in second, there were some things that happened in first that were different and vice versa. So I might pull a thought or a point up. You'd be like, I don't remember that one at all. And it just may have been in the other service that you weren't in unless you did the double dose. But I started with Daniel 11.32. And Daniel 11.32, which you can see on the screen, it says, he shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant. But the people who know their God. Everybody say, know their God. The people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. My favorite translation that I grew up reading this verse with and for the last number of years is it says, the people who know their God shall be strong and shall do great exploits. And so the first thing that I want to reflect on in this message, guys, is I don't know for you, many of you there, there was so much that God released last weekend. I mean, and I was, I was in it all because we had a leadership day with her on Friday and Saturday. She did three sessions each of those days. Then we had the Friday night session and the rally. And then we had two sessions on Sunday. And then we just had the personal prophecy and ministry that she was doing through things. I'm still feeling like I'm just trying to sort through everything that was spoken out and everything that was released. But here's what we can find. We have these kind of high moments we have weekends like we had last week, and I mean, there's just God speaking things, and there's like some massive things that are being said, and maybe there's some things we're wrestling with. I thought this verse was so key because it brings me right back to the foundation, and I believe it's for us corporately, but I'm going to be speaking to you individually, that the foundational thing, the thing that matters the most, family, is that we continue to pursue to know God, that we continue to pursue the knowledge of God. That is the high call. That is the call above all else that you and I are called to know God. There's times in your walk where you're going to have emotional experiences and powerful times with God and it's going to be amazing. There's going to be other times in your walk with God where it's just like one foot in front of the other and you're not necessarily feeling a whole lot and it's hard. The constant in the middle of everything is this heart and this passion to know God. Everybody say know God. And I love this because it talks about knowing Him, this real relationship this intimacy, if we could say it that way, where we say, I really am not just know about God, but I know God. 
And so there's this call to know God. But what I love it says here in Daniel is it says the people that know their God shall be strong. God is going to give us strength. God wants to give you great strength for the days that are coming. The things that were spoken, the things that were stirring in your heart, maybe even some of the things you're walking into today because we're all walking in stuff and pushing into things. God wants to give you strength, but that strength comes from knowing God. That strength comes from walking in real relationship with God. That's why I'm always encouraging, I'm always wanting to push you guys past a Sunday morning Christianity where you come to church and okay, it's great, you're in service, you hear a good word. God wants you to be pushing in deeper every single day. God wants you to be going after knowing him every single day. But when you know God, there's a strength that comes into your life and heart. You're not just leaning or depending on somebody else's relationship with him, but you are going deeper. And so in the middle of all that was said, all that was released, all that came forward, that verse leapt out to me that God's calling us, keep going deeper in knowing me. And not only will we be strong, but I love this because we will carry out great exploits. The key to doing great things for God, because a lot of what was spoken last weekend, there were some very encouraging but also challenging words about some of the call on our church and the call on individuals' lives. But guys, the foundation is because sometimes we get called, man, it it's can seem big. Sometimes it can seem overwhelming. It seems like there's just, man, there's so much here and I don't want to mess it up and I want to make sure I get it right and I want to make sure I walk in obedience. You know, all the different things that we can wrestle with if we just stay focused on knowing God. Every day, God, I'm going deeper in you. God, I'm walking closer with you. When I know him, there's strength for whatever challenge may come. When I know him, there's strength for whatever season I walk through. When I know him, it empowers me to do great things. But it doesn't come from my own strength. It comes from knowing God. Everybody say, know God. You know, I was thinking about this, and just even as I was sharing this in first service, a picture flashed into my mind in a story. Um, I don't know, Stephen, if you got that picture, don't put it up just yet, but I'll let you know when to put it up. I remember years ago, very early on when I was very early in ministry, uh, and we'd gotten connected. Some of you actually in here, just kind of the history of Toronto City Church would have got connected in a similar way. But we had traveled to a church in Bogota, Colombia, because they were experiencing just a massive revival, like a, a nation-shaking revival. People were coming from all over the world to learn and to kind of receive and to be imparted into. And I remember going down there and there's this conference. And man, I remember they, they do, um, they'd rent the local Coliseum. So picture a church in Toronto has gotten so big that every weekend they have to rent the Air Canada Center for services. And now they have to do it, but they fill it four times. And two times on the Saturday nights, they fill it with young people because that's their youth group. So I'm in the youth service, and it's in this Coliseum, and they put all the international, you know, the international guests. We kind of got our reserve section on the floor, and they give us our translation packs because I can't speak Spanish. Really wished being down there I could speak Spanish, but, you know, you got to learn to speak Spanish, and I never did. So I'm there, but I remember we're worshiping God, and we hit this moment of high praise, and everybody just starts jumping. I remember being there, especially with the youth, they'd all start jumping. It was kind of, it was a little freaky, to be honest with you, because if, if you're under the bleachers in the building, kind of on the outside, things would literally shake. And everybody, and I remember being so overwhelmed in that moment. I remember being so overwhelmed, and I'm just thinking, like, I'm just so caught up in this moment. I know God's moving. God's speaking to me. He's impacting my life. I'm feeling 
such a draw, like, man, God, we, I need, we need to see something like this in Canada. We need to see a move of your spirit like this. But then in the moment, you feel so small and so insignificant, and we feel so far from this, and how do we get there? And I remember, so I've just got all this going through my mind. You know, and I'm watching all this happening, and I just remember, it's like the Holy Spirit said so quietly in my heart, he just said, just take my hand. And I got this picture of a, of, of, of a child reaching up and just grabbing their father's hand. I don't know if you got that shot, Stephen, that I sent through. So that's actually me and Micah. And so, so he's not here because he'd probably kill me if he knew I put this photo up there. But that's me and Micah when, uh, at a church barbecue. He's a little bigger than that now, if you notice. He's basically taller than me. But... It's, I, I love it. It's, it's, one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite photos for a number of reasons. But it's like this picture of God's like, just take my hand. Yeah, yeah, but how are we going to do this? Don't worry, I got that. Just take my hand. Yeah, but how are we going to figure out how to walk this out? And what about this? Don't worry. It's okay. Just take my hand. I'll get you there. Yeah, but Lord, it's, you know, there's going to be hard and there's going to be persecution. There's going to be challenges. I don't even know if, don't worry, I got you. Just take my hand. And so I remember even in that service, almost kind of like a prophetic act, I just, I just reached up to take my father's hand. And, and that, that would have to be, oh, I don't know, how long ago? 17, 18 years ago, maybe. I don't, I don't remember what it is, but it's been a journey of taking it's because there's been so many times I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was around the corner. I didn't know what was coming. But I learned to just live in Daniel 11:32 and just take his hand. And family, as a foundation today, even as we're talking and praying and debriefing, I want to encourage you because God said so many things to so many of us. God said so many things to so many people personally. And God, listen. When a prophet comes in, we've talked about, not this, but we've talked about picture, the, the different gifts, the ministry gifts that God puts in the body of Christ. So you have apostles, you have prophets, you have evangelists, you have pastor shepherds, you have teachers. When a prophet comes, you want them to challenge you. You want them to push you outside of your comfort zone. You want them to stir you up a little bit. That's part of their job. See, the pastor shepherd's job is to love you and to make sure you're good and, you know, God's got a great, you know, like that's, that's part of the pastoral is to be there. And we need that. That's good. But sometimes we want the, pro the prophet kind of kicks our butt a bit. The prophet gets in our face. They challenge us. And we're like, that's not very nice. That's not very pastoral. That's not their job. And we have to make sure we're ready to receive. But usually they come, and then they go on, where, and then you get your pastor back. Your pastor's like, I love you. You guys are awesome. Let's do this. Right? But we have to make sure our heart is ready to receive. Right? Like, I want to be challenged. I want to grow. But see, in the middle of all that, we need to remember that we can just take our Father's hand. Come on, somebody say, take our Father's hand. We need to just take our father's, sorry, I'm messing with my mic here. We are taking our father's hand and that he is going to take us forward. The last thing I want to say about Daniel 11:32, and I got a few more thoughts, so I'm going to move through a little more quickly. I love this verse. One day I was thinking about this verse and it suddenly dawned on me. 
This promise from God, the people who know their God will be strong and do great exploits or create great exploits, was not spoken to and through Daniel when he was in Jerusalem and everything was nice and everything was easy. This verse was actually spoken to them while they were in exile in Babylon. And even as this verse was spoken in the heart of God through Daniel, Daniel had witnessed his city being attacked and burned to the ground. People killed, raped, mutilated. He was pulled away from his family as a young man. He was brought into this strange foreign land. He probably had no hope of ever seeing his land again. And yet, he was staying faithful to God in the middle of it. And family, I want to encourage you. Because sometimes we like to see these verses and these things in context of everything being perfect and everything being easy and everything going well. But it's not always with that. And even in the middle of challenges, in the middle of difficulties, because I know there's some of you listening to me today and you're in a very hard season right now. You know God. You press into God. And he will give you strength. And you will accomplish great things. You trust him in that. But listen, these are verses that are empowering us and equipping us even for challenging times that are to come. Come on, somebody say, know your God. So that's thought number one. Just out down through. Uh, Daniel eleven thirty two. excuse me. Thought number two was she talked a little bit about, and these two words stood out to me. She talked about a pioneering grace that was going to be on Toronto City Church. And she talked about how God was building a prototype. And so these two words really stood out to me. Pioneering and prototype. Let me start with prototype. A prototype is something that you build that is a model. It's something you build that's different than what's been built before. Now, sometimes there could be a tendency with things like that to get a little bit of prideful, a little bit exclusive. Yes, you know, God's building us as a prototype. That Don't even think or go down that road. To be honest with you, when I hear someone building a prototype, you know, I think a little bit of an inventor who's trying to invent something new. That is a lot of hard work. That is a lot of experimentation. That is a lot of failure, or as John Maxwell will call it, failing forward. Right? If we're going to commit to be a prototype church, it's not about comparing ourselves to anybody else or doing anything. It's just saying, God, what do you want to do in us that can be an encouragement and a blessing to other people? And we need to be ready to say it's going to be hard work. Everybody say hard work. And that's a good word. We all love that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hard work. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be experimentation. It's going to be trying things and realize, okay, no, that didn't work very well. It's going to be staying together as a church, family, and community and working on things and working things out. That's what being a prototype is about. And then it's being willing. Like I loved, I was so blessed last week where we had so much feedback as we were able to open this building up and we were able to welcome people in literally from different parts of the country. And we are able to serve them. And we are able to say, hey, we're going we're gonna to put time and effort and money into just really blessing and encouraging you. And we got so much feedback from people who were blessed and encouraged during that time. But you know why that happened? That happened because a whole lot of you here in this church family said, hey, I'll volunteer. Hey, I'll give up my Friday. Hey, I'll give up my Saturday. Hey, I'll show up at 7.30 in the morning and set things up and tear things down and serve people with a smile. See, those are the little things that happen when we commit together and say, hey, we're going to build, and we're going to build something that can be a blessing and encouragement to others. So I love that in building. Also, the word proto, excuse me, pioneering stood out to me. Now, again, this is a word we like to throw around, but here's what I thought about with pioneering. And we think, for example, the DNA of pioneering is very much built into Canada. 
right? Because there was so many people who would come to this country. Now, they didn't discover Canada. Amen, right? The people were already here. You get the two thumbs up from Chris on the front row. Our First Nations people were already here. They already, but we're, we're not going down that road right now. What we're talking about, though, is they would come and there would be pioneering where you would go into a brand new territory where there was not, no infrastructure, no roads, nothing. You would literally carve out a life from the land. You would go in. You would have to chop down the trees. You would have to pull up the stumps. You'd have to plow the land. You would build your own houses. You would, you would kind of cultivate. And it's interesting. There's people, if they went as a community and there's a group of people, they have to say historically, the first thing they would build was a church. And they'd come together and build a church. And that would become kind of the center of the community. And they'd help one another. I love it too. Because there's an element of pioneering that's very individualist, individualistic. But then there's an element of pioneering that was very much about community. Because people realize, even though I have to press out on my own, I can't do this on my own. And I need the community around me. But see, when we talk about pioneering... Again, sometimes people go, oh, yes, pioneering. You know, when I think of pioneering, number one, I think of we're going into new territory. Family, there's a pioneering grace, the word of the Lord said. There's a pioneering grace on us corporately, but I believe for many of you personally, there's a pioneering grace that God is releasing over your life. He's calling you into new territory. Somebody tell your neighbor, new territory. Now, sometimes in church, we get excited about that. Yes, new territory, praise God. New territory is new territory. It's where you've never been before. And sometimes we get really excited about new territory until we actually have to go into the new territory because we don't know where we're going. You know, it's a little bit like Abram and Sarai. Later become Abraham and Sarah. God says to Abram, he says, come, leave your home, leave your family, leave everything, and we will, you will go, go where, God? To a place I'm going to show you. That must have been a very interesting conversation between Abram and his wife. Honey, God spoke to me. She's like, okay. We need to pack everything up and we're leaving. We're going. Okay, awesome. Where are we going? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know where we're going? Well, God didn't tell me where we're going. God just said we need to go. And he said he's going to show us where it is when we get there. Now, anybody else beside me might have had a little bit of a hard time with that one. Like we all read the end of the story and the end of the book, but put yourself with Abram in that moment. So I always laugh because people say Abram was the father of faith. I think his wife had to have even more faith than he did. Because I, I got a good amen right here from the front. Because at least he heard from God. She had to trust him that he was hearing okay. And I'm sure there's a few moments she's looking at him. She's like, are you sure? Like, I, I trust you, but are you 100% sure God said this? Because this isn't exactly working out the way we thought it was going to work out in the moment. Right? So there's this element of pioneering. God's calling us into new territory. Furthermore, if you pioneer, you're going into the unknown. Now, again, sometimes we throw that around. Don't you? I like to know where I'm going. I like to know what it's like. Right? Like when I get somewhere, I, 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 my wife will laugh at me. But I love smartphones. I pull out my phone and I look at the map to see where I am. And I mildly want to see where other things are, and I want to locate where things are. And I, I love to get into that. My wife just doesn't care so much. She just figures I know where it is. But, you know, you got some people, they just like to wander. You know, any wanderers here, they just, I don't need to know where I'm going. I'm just going to kind of roll. we got a few of that. But for most people, we like to know where we're going. Right? And, and how many times do you argue with God? But God, can't you just tell me more? Can't you just explain more? But God says, no, I'm calling you to pioneer. That means I'm taking you into new territory. That means I'm taking you into the unknown. 
And guys, this is for us corporately, but for many of you, this is for you personally. You will have a choice in this coming season to stay where it's safe, to stay where it's easy, to stay where you know, or to step out into the unknown. And in Jesus' name, I want to encourage you, step out into the unknown. Step out into where God's taking you. And so pioneering is going into new territory. Pioneering is going in the unknown. Pioneering is hard but rewarding. Right? God's calling us. And there's this thing. He's saying, I'm calling you to pioneer. Everybody say pioneer. And I love this. There's a few more things she said around this. She said, God said to us, and this was part of the prophetic word, you said yes to me. And so I loved that. I thought, man, like that was really cool to me. Again, because it was just not her just trying to throw nice things. God said, you have said yes to me. You as a church have said yes. To me, that, I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. Because, you know, sometimes you say yes and we say yes, but to have God really affirm that I'm hearing you say yes to me. But he said, you said yes to me. Watch this. But it's not to be comfortable, but it's for a movement. Anybody, anybody here besides me sometimes say yes to God? And then when it gets uncomfortable, start thinking, why did I say yes? Some of you don't want to admit it. You're in church. Oh, of course not, Pastor. Right? Sometimes we don't do it externally, but internally we're just like, because we've got this built-in wired thing for comfort. We like to be comfortable. We like things to be easy. And sometimes, watch this, sometimes we have associated things being easy with being in the will of God. And things being hard with being out of the will of God. But that's actually not biblical. Right? They're, 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 now, he leads us to green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. There is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about internal. But sometimes God calls you to take down Goliath. Sometimes God calls you, and, and obedience puts you in a lion's den. Right? Sometimes getting out of the boat puts you in the wind and the waves, and things getting real shaky. We cannot equate being in the will of God to things being easy. Now, we know this, but even when we know it, sometimes we're there and it's hard and we're like, God, ah, you know, we start freaking out about it. So it's really saying, God, I'm ready for the, here's what we're saying as pioneers. We're saying, God, we're ready for new territory. Come on, somebody say new territory. Someone says, well, what is the new territory? We don't know yet. That's the whole point of new territory. Right? When we say yes to pioneering, we're saying yes to getting ready for the unknown. Somebody say, well, what's that? It's unknown. <laughs> it's funny. I, I laugh at myself. We so double back. I'm ready for the unknown. God, just tell me what it is. And God's like, well, no, it's the unknown. <laughs> unknown. Now, you're going to know it, but you're going to walk it out. So be ready for the unknown. And it's being ready for something that's hard, but that's worth it. I think that's the challenge in many ways, isn't it? Because we like easy. You know, easy button. Somebody else do it for me. <laughs> Ten minutes or it's free. You know, I check your character. Just have your Wi-Fi get really slow. See how, <laughs> you know, we get so, my internet is slow right now. You know, it's just like, it, it, it's, it's like we're so used to convenience, but pioneering means I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to pay the price. Uh, said this too, God is trusting us with his miraculous power and a weight of the anointing. Like that trust thing was huge to me. And with his miraculous power and with the weight, and there's something God wants to entrust us with. But will we, will, we, will we continue on the path and say yes, even if it's hard?
even if it's unknown, even if it's a little scary sometimes, even if it's a little uncomfortable. I, I am a comfort zone person. I like my rhythms. I like my routines. It's one of the reasons I drive, moving. You know, I just can't wait to get moved in and get stuff unpacked. You know, I've, I've joked with you guys. So if I have a hard day, I go home and I organize. And my wife looks at me, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to control something in my life right now. Something is going to work in today because nothing else worked today. I'm going to make something work. I'm going to organize. <laughs> right? And some of you are listening to me going, Pastor, you're my, my, my brother right now. And others of you look at me going, oh, you're one of those people. I see you. <laughs> right? But there's this element of with God where if he's taken us into the new and he's entrusting us with things and we're just saying, okay, Lord, like it's that yielding. Will we be people that yield to God? Even if we can't see, if we don't know exactly what's coming, we can't control it. Come on, somebody say, yield to God. Thought number three, and it kind of ties into this. She said, you're going to have to learn to navigate fast-paced change. If you don't ask for the grace for this, you will miss your call. Now, this is one of those things that really leapt out to me. And it really stood out to me on, on a, but it's about navigating change, guys. And so this ties together because God's talking about knowing him, being strong, doing great exploits. God's talking to us about going into the unknown, about pioneering, about building a prototype. But all of this requires change. It requires being ready to change, being ready to embrace change. And again, I'm speaking this message on a certain level for us corporately, but I really feel this is a word for many of us individually. It's a season of change. And God is bringing about change, and we need to be ready to embrace the change that God is doing because most of the time we don't like change. There are certain changes we like, but most of the time, kind of big picture items, we like things. Again, it kind of comes back. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm doing. I know what's happening. We like control, right? We like that control, but we struggle with the change. And it was that. You know, and I thought about it too because even corporately, there's some big change. Now, what is it? I don't know because we're going in the unknown. I don't know because it's pioneering. But we're saying yes to God. We're saying, yes, we will go with you on this, Lord. We will step out into this. But, but I thought about the Lord said, Brendan, do you think it was by accident that I brought you all through a merge where you had to embrace massive change and learn to walk it out together? For those of you who don't know our, our story or history as a church, but back in 2013, so it would be nine years ago now, we were the product of two churches merging together. Pastor Sharon and I had pastored Church Without Limits. Toronto City Church was here, formerly Covenant Christian Church. And just by God's hand, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It brought us together as one church family. But you know what? It was hard. It was hard. Now, there was a whole ton of people who fought for it. Many of you here who fought for it. Sometimes we fought each other, but most of the times we fought for it. And we, we, we worked together at this. But it was, have you ever been something to just sit back and say, God, why did, why did you do all that? Could it be that he was saying, I, I'm, I'm training you in change. I want to get, and I, I'm not just going to give you classroom lectures on change, but I'm actually going to put you in the lab, and you're actually going to have to learn how to navigate some pretty drastic change, and how to how to fight for relationship, and fight for one another, and fight for what I want to do. Could it be that he said this is your change? Look at what we've walked through over the last couple of years with COVID. 
I'm not saying God did that, but in the middle of that, God said, I'm teaching you how to be flexible. I'm teaching you how to change. I'm teaching you how to pivot. I'm teaching you how to end up new circumstances you never experienced before and ask my spirit what you need to do and then execute. Even if we go back a little bit into the story of Toronto City Church when we bought this land in 2006, it was interesting. You go out and look at the plaque. It was actually 10 years ago on Friday that this building was dedicated to God. It was August 26, 2012. But there was this whole faith journey to even building. And many of you were here. You know, you remember that faith journey it took even to build it and to bring it up. Could it be that all these different circumstances, even if some were inspired by the enemy, the Lord was working it and saying, I want to teach you how to navigate change. I want to teach you right down to the level of your DNA to know how to, how to pivot and how to change. Everybody say change. And it's interesting because this element, too, that really stood out to me is about understanding we're coming into some seasons where you've got to make decisions quickly in the area of change. Now, Emma had said something, and it really, I took it very much for me personally. But she said, you know, it's, it's good to be able to ponder and to pray and to kind of consider change. But there's times and places and seasons where you can't take three months to pray about and try and figure out, is this God or is this not? Because you miss the opportunity. And I really heard the Lord in that. Because I'm one of those guys. I like to kind of think through my options. I like to, and a lot of times that's wise. You know, take time. Wisdom's in the multitude of counselors. You know, get, my wife laughs at me when I'm shopping because, you know, she'll be going, I like this, pick it. You know, I like it, but I'm going, okay, let me think. Let me, does that make sense? And let me make sure I look at all my options. And let me make sure I figure things out because I want to make sure I make the right decision. Now, and a lot of times that can be good. And frankly, that saves me as a leader many times because I don't tend to make knee-jerk reactions. I'm definitely not an aim-shoot-point guy, kind of, you know. It's like, that's not the way I am. But God's saying to us, he's saying, be ready because in this change, in this pioneering, there's going to be times you have to hear my spirit and you have to move quickly. There's going to be doors that open that you don't have three days to go away and think about it. And I feel like, now, someone says, yeah, pastor, but okay, so what's it going to be? I don't know, because it's pioneering. It's the unknown. It's the new, but we can prepare our hearts for what God's leading us into. And we're going to have seasons and circumstances where a bunch of us go, oh, that, okay, oh, that's what he was talking about, but we have to be ready. And we have to be guarded against missing what God's doing. And, and Emma brought a good correction because she was speaking to us even as Canadians because every nation tends to have its tendencies. But as Canadians, we do tend to, okay, polite, think through it. Let's, let's consider this for a moment or two. And again, that's not a bad characteristic, but in the new territory where God's taking us into, he's saying to us, guard against allowing that to undermine where I'm taking you. Because there's moments and times you're going to have to hear me and you're going to have to move. Right? There might be some change we're embracing as the church. And can I just say this? I don't have three months to kind of work through everybody freaking out about the change and pastoring everybody and make sure everybody's good and et cetera. There's got to be times we say together as one, we're going to go. Does that make sense? Right? Like, I, you ever seen one of those... You ever seen one of those pranks that sometimes like sports teams will play on the rookie or one of the new guys where they come running out of the tunnel and he goes running out and everybody else stops and just waits and he goes running out by himself and everybody has a good laugh at him, right? That's a funny prank, but when you're a pastor trying to lead people into spiritual warfare, that's not a fun thing to happen. Let's go, guys. Where's everybody? <laughs> and everybody's just kind of hanging back going, oh, I don't know about this, pastor. I'm not so sure. 
and I'm out there fighting demons. You're back there going, oh, I don't know about this, Pastor. Right? And I'm being kind of silly because it's not just about me. But it's having this willingness to say we're going for it. You guys remember the story with, uh, when Jesus came down from the mountain and there was a boy who was possessed by the evil spirit? And the father came to him and said, I took him to your disciples, but they couldn't cast it out. And then Jesus cast the spirit out. And uh, as disciples came and said, why couldn't we cast the demon out? And Jesus said, this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. Now, isn't it interesting? Watch this, because there's a real important truth here. Jesus didn't come down, see the father. The father goes, please deliver my son. Your disciples couldn't do it. Jesus goes, give me three days. I'm going to go back up the mountain. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. And then I'll bring freedom. Why didn't Jesus do that? Because Jesus already prayed. And Jesus already fasted. So he was ready for the moment. And guys, too often we wait for the moment to go prepare ourselves. But sometimes you're going to miss the moment if you are waiting for the moment to prepare yourself. It's embracing a lifestyle and listening to the Holy Spirit where we're already prayed up. We're already fasted. So when the moments come to us, we are ready to step into that moment. We're ready for that open door because we weren't being spiritually lazy and waiting for a problem before we got a hold of God. Amen? That's the level he's calling us to. Immaturity waits for an issue, and then, oh, let's pray. Oh, Jesus. Like, you know, we all kind somebody pray, somebody go, when you're mature, you're already walk out, you're already ready. And yeah, you might need to sharpen a bit. You might say, hey, let's take a day, but you're just adding on top of your daily walk. Guys, to navigate this season, we've got to be people who have a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of fasting, a lifestyle of being walking with God so we're ready for the moment when it comes. I've used this example many times, but you don't wait till the robber breaks into your house to go hit the weight so you can get strong to deal with the robber. No, you're too late. You're already going to tire yourself out and make it worse. And, and, and here's the other thing I want, and this is, this is important. Yeah, but God knows my heart. Yeah, God knows your heart. But if you don't obey, you can still miss out on things even if you have a good heart. Right? So for example, it can be there's a marathon coming up. You need to be ready to run the marathon. Now, it's pioneering. It's new territory. I wish we just knew everything that's coming. But God knows the marathon that's coming. So His Spirit starts speaking. He says, go jogging. You're like, uh, I don't know. I don't really want to jog. The Holy Spirit just keeps prompting you. Come on, go run. Get up in the morning. Go running. Why, Lord? Just do it. You feel this stirring in your heart. So you're kind of trying to get up and run, but you're like, oh, this is too early. This is too hard. I, how come I have to jog? Oh, look, I'm jogging. Joe, you know, Joe, brother in Christ, he's just sleeping in bed. Sister in Christ, how come I have to be doing this right now? Well, because God knows that something. So what happens is, so, so you're, but, but a lot of times we miss the leading of the Spirit in preparation. So all of a sudden, marathon comes, and we're like, Jesus, give me strength. Give me that Elijah power, Lord. Let me run the marathon. And we're like, God, I don't understand. How come it did? work God's like I've been telling you to run for months God's like I've been speaking to you to run but a lot of times instead of embracing discipleship and the discipline we want the supernatural power of God to bail us out because we were lazy good preaching pastor all right so I'm, right don't fall into that and I'm preaching to myself, guys, because there's things that are coming. There's things, open doors, amazing things that are happening. But God says, I want you to be ready to run. So I'm supposed to get ready to run. 
And so there's this element of saying, be ready for the change. Uh, thought number four. This, just, this was just a phrase that was so potent. And, and I thought, you know, I, this is something I want to pray about. God said to us, how many times will you ask for clarification before you do it? Now, I don't know if you say in both services. <laughs> Maybe some of you are like, I wasn't in that service. I'm glad. Well, you heard it now. And I hope it's you. That, that just hit me right there. Like, God doesn't want us to live in fear. Because, you know, I, I sometimes I can get a little bit of obsessive compulsive. I'm obeying God. Am I not obeying God? Did I miss something, Lord? And God really set me free from that, where he's like, I'm your father. I love you. Trust me. I'm going to walk you through this. So we're not talking about spiritual OCD. On the flip side, we need to balance that with a healthy fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord means if God tells me to do something, he says, jump. I say, how high? I'm just going to do it. And sometimes we disguise disobedience in questions. Could you clarify that, Lord? You got a little Gideon on us. If it's really your will, Lord, can, can I just have pastor wear a, a black jacket and a white shirt on Sunday? And I show up in a black jacket, which you really should, don't do fleeces anyways. You are to be led by the Spirit of God. And there can be confirmations. But you're like, okay, Lord, I see the black shirt and the white, uh, the black jacket and the white shirt. But Lord, if it's really you, like we disguise all these things. And I think there's an element, and I think some of us need to take this personally. And I'm asking the Lord, I'm saying, Lord, just show us corporately. Because I don't want to be someone who keeps asking you for clarification. When it's clear. Now, it's okay to ask for clarification if it's not clear. Because there's things that aren't clear. Like, we got this word from Emma last week, and I remember thinking, there's, can I be honest? There's a small part of me that's like, really, Lord, I'm moving next week. Why we could, at first I'm like, did you say week of consecration starting September once I've moved and I've settled into my house? Right? That would be so much more convenient, Lord. But there's also a part of it where I came and said, okay, Lord, I hear it. I want to do it. Start to show me how to do it. God has no problem with that. But I think it's important that we say, if you know God said it, what are you waiting for? If you know God said it, what are we waiting for? And, oh, I just saw that. That point is really important for learning to navigate fast-paced change. Because there's certain things in our discipleship and our journey with Christ that are godly habits that we build in. And if, if you get really comfortable with always questioning, taking a long time to do what God says to do, and that becomes your pattern, you are going to fall into that pattern in key moments when you need to make a quick move. But if you build a discipline into yourself, if God says that I do it, I'm going to step out, that becomes your norm, that becomes your default. And you become much more able to flow in the kingdom of God because you're not fighting yourself all the time. Amen? I mean, there's a reason why I work with my kids, for example. I work with my son. He's, he's, very, he's very strong. But I work with him to have a respect for my authority because if he gets used to disrespecting my authority, he's going to naturally start disrespecting other authorities in his life. And that can cause real problems in certain circumstances. And it's on me because I never taught him in our context. Amen. Amen. So it's, it's learning and saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to follow through. Oh, man. Okay, i got to land this plane. Don't ask for clarification. How many times do you ask for clarification? God said, you're in a new season of growth. Emmanuel, if you want to come join me. You're in a new season of growth. You found favor with me. And I love this. He said, no, you found favor. Lean into it and spend it. 
He said, if you're just asking for your bills to be paid, or this hit me because I've been praying for a new staff member. Not that I don't like our current ones, but we need a few more. And I've been praying. If that's all you're asking for, you're not spending your favor. Right? God's saying, I want you to dream bigger. I want you to pray bigger. I want you to have a heart for the nation. I've given you favor. It's kind of like he said, listen, I just filled a bank account with my unlimited supply. I've given you a debit card. Go spend it on something. And I'm like, okay, well, let me go to the convenience store and get a pop and a chips and a drink. And God's like, there's so much more in the account. There's so much more I have for you. Guys, and I feel this word. There's some things over this corporate. I was saying in the first service, I'm going to call it out here. I started feeling, but God's given us so many words about phase three. If you're not familiar with phase three, the plan's already there. We're going to put two more floors up all the way around the back. The field out there becomes our new worship sanctuary. There's so much in that. But I'm not going to lie. I get these prophetic words about phase three. I'm still trying to believe to pay off phase two. And so I go, yes, okay, Lord. Like, I'm not disrespecting the word. But in my heart, I'm going, I'm just, wow, okay. Like, we're talking millions of dollars. But here's what the Lord said to me. He said, yeah, there's a lot you can't do. Like, I don't have 8 to $10 million to pay for phase three. If you do, let me know, okay? But, but here's, God's like, so you can't even do that. He's like, but what can you do about it? What are the things you can do to start releasing your faith and spending your favor? Can you start doing some more research? Does that cost you anything? No, it doesn't cost me anything. Okay, I can do some research. You start looking into things. You start leaning in with your favor and see what God's going to do. Does that make sense to you guys? I feel like there's a word for a lot of us even personally. God's saying, lean in with the favor I've given you. Dream bigger. Ask bigger. Pray bigger prayers. Get a bigger picture than just kind of taking care of your everyday lifestyle. And he's going to bless that. He's going to bless that. Keep stepping out. Zach, I just feel encouraged, man. You're going in favor. You're spending your favor, and the enemy wants to oppose it, but what God has put his hand on, the enemy will not stop, right? It's spending your favor and saying to step out. Listen, like with Emma, right? We had this big thing. We, we were working on bringing Emma. All this It was a stretch of faith for us in this season. You know, we're still recovering from COVID. Everything's going on, international speaker. So we're there, and one day, my wife and Pastor Samuel come in because they saw the email before I saw it, and we got word that the tickets, the flyer in, were four times what we'd budgeted. It was four times. And they were arguing whether I was going to freak out or not. And whoever said he's going to freak out won, because I freaked out. And it wasn't even in a bad way, but I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I already put a budget together. I went to the board of directors. We're already taking a step of faith, and now the tickets are four times higher than what I thought. And I remember it was like, and, and they felt so bad. They said, we're sorry. They said, we've never seen tickets this high before. They said, well, and Emma's contact, she said, listen, we can cancel. I have no problem if you want to cancel because I know this is just a ridiculous amount. But I knew in my heart, I was like, no, God said we need to do this. So I got my freak out out. You know, it took me about a day. Can I get all the freak out out? And I'm like, okay, well, God, you're, you're going to provide. I didn't see this coming, but you said to do this, so you're going to provide. And family, is a testament, all God provided, but we'd set out a budget and he doubled it in what came and what was given. And we were able to bring an incredible blessing down. Well, I think it was doubling, sir. I always like to make sure I get my numbers. It was way above, right? It was way above. And I remember there was one small lesson I had a moment with the Lord. And I felt the Holy Spirit said, what if you'd bailed back then? How much... 
how much would have been missed. But, but see, God had to supply more than enough. But we had to step out to see that supply come to pass. We always want to wait for the supply to come to step out, but the kingdom doesn't work that way. You don't walk on water if you stay in the boat. You gotta step out of the boat to walk on the water. But here's the good news, because we always knock on Peter. Yeah, but Peter walked on the water and then he sunk. Nobody else walked on water. And number two, even when he began to sink, he just said, Jesus, help me, and Jesus picked him up. Family, I want to encourage you today, even when you walk on the water, because the devil's always here. What if you sink? What if it doesn't work? What if there's not enough money? What if you heard God wrong? What if this is wrong? What if that wrong? Even if you sink, if you're out there walking in faith in what you believe God's told you, Jesus is going to come, and Jesus is going to pick you up, and he's going to make sure that you get back to the boat. You can't lose when you walk in faith with him. Because even if you get it wrong, he still makes it right. And he says, but we make that decision and we say, I'm going to spend my favor. In other words, I'm I'm going to step out. I'm going to take a step of faith. Oh my gosh, I'm totally blowing my time out of the water here. All right, let's see if I can land this. Spend your favor. Everybody say, spend your favor. She said, rewrite your visions for they are too small. And I feel like there's just many of you in here, God's saying, rewrite your vision. It's too small. You need to believe me for more. You need to start praying for bigger. People, I hope that's prideful, pastor. I don't want to be prideful. I just want to be humble. It's prideful to go small if God's saying go big. Because you're saying, I know better. True humility is just saying, Lord, I am who you say I am. And I'm going to do what you want me to do. And I'm not focused on me, but I'm focused on others and serving people the best that I can. And you don't serve people by being small when God said be big. Does that make sense? Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll bring this to Thought five was we're coming into a fresh move of God. God said there are things you've been praying for that have held back, but they're coming. He even talked about a 40-year window. He said there's things we've been praying for, they've been held back, but they're coming. And there was this call to watch God move and don't back down. Thought number six, there was this discussion, this was second service about Judah, Zebulun, and Issachar. Praise, Issachar is the prophetic, and Zebulun is the marketplace in the business. And I believe that a hallmark of what God's going to do is going to be a divine intersection of worship. Guys, that's why our worship is so important. We need to be more radical. We need to be more fiery. We need to be more countercultural in how we worship God and we lift up the name of Jesus. That we'd be a people that give it all. That we'd have a heart like David when he danced before the Lord and even his wife mocked him. But yet it was her who was ultimately struck with barrenness because of the mocking spirit. There's this heart that says, I'm going to worship that will worship, that we keep leaning into the prophetic. But I want to encourage you as well. There's this call on the marketplace and on businessmen and women in this place. As many of you, God's going to give you ideas, businesses you're going to start, things that are going to open, doors that are going to open for you, opportunities to make finances that you're going to bring into the kingdom of God. Again, in this day and age, there are people who used to use God's principles to enrich themselves. God has raised up people who are going to use his principles to expand the kingdom. 
And so there's this heart, but it is the combination of Judah, of Issachar, and Zebulun. And I just want to double back on what I said last week. Those of you who are called into business in the marketplace, I pray a blessing over you today. God is just going to bless you and multiply you and expand you and open doors. You get ready for what God's going to do. Get ready. Come on, somebody say, get ready. We just believe that. And we're going to walk this out. This is part of the new territory. It's going to be wild, man. It's going to be wild in the best way. It's going to be so good. You know, I, was just, I was just talking with somebody this last week. And he's a prophet, but God's also just unlocked incredible finances to him. And he walked into a major Christian leader. And he said, I'll bless you to watch. He said, and I also, God just told me to give you guys a million dollars. Except he put the million dollars into an account that is generating monthly funds. So it's actually praying for a whole ton of prayer missionaries. And he said, God wants to unlock these things, but we need to dream it. We need to be willing to lean in with our favor. And then the last thought that I have, and we're just going to go, thank you guys for holding with me on this. Was he talked about Goshen in Egypt. So we're going to bring this, this. And this was a sobering part of things. But there was a talk about even in our nation, we're coming into tumultuous times. I mean, I think we're already there. But I think there's more. There's a lot of discussion back and forth goes about the judgment of God. Here's a real simple way I've looked at things. God talks about when you honor me, when you love me, when you follow my ways, there's a hedge of protection that comes around you. When you turn your back on me, when you do things your own way, you step out of my hedge of protection and you now become available for the enemy to attack. It's not so much that God decided that something bad was going to happen. You stepped out of the hedge and you made yourself a target. And this enemy goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Who may he devour? Those who are outside of the hedge. That's why if I can just soapbox this for a second, if you're living in sin right now, get right with God, get back in the hedge, get back close to the Father, get under the wings of Him as He covers you. Don't go run around because we will run around and then bam, we get smacked by the, oh God, why did this happen? You left Him. You went your own direction. You decided to, to completely disobey. But you know what? 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if you confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all right. You run back to the Father. Get back close to Him. But we also see that nationally, guys. You can see it in cities and nations. As we corporately begin to turn our back on God, we step out of the hedge. And there were blessings that were on a nation that we were very, we just thought that was just normal, but it actually came because generations sought the Lord. And so in the middle of that, they said there's going to be shakings. But here's the middle. They said, you will be a Goshen. And the picture is even when there was judgment in Egypt, where the children of Israel were in Goshen, they were protected because they were still in the hedge. And I want to encourage you guys, because sometimes those things can be like kind of intimidating, overwhelming, a little bit scary. But there's this element saying, okay, God, we trust you. And we're in the hedge. And there was this talk, and this is, I want to finish, and, and thank you guys for the patience with me. I'm going to land this here. But this is where she talked about the next four weeks being a time of consecration and seeking the Lord. And just so we and there were several elements that came up. We talked about a fresh sacrifice to God. And uh, there were three key elements that, as I was listening back, came out. Number one, there was a fresh yes to God. That's really what consecration is, right? Consecration is saying yes. Consecration is saying, I'm turning my back on sin and I'm running to God. I'm saying yes to you. 
There's a fresh and somber, yes, Lord. Number two, there's an offering of worship. Now some of those came through. So our worship is so important, guys. And I want to encourage you in these coming weeks, even as we gather, as we're coming together, just let's be people who worship radically, who worship with all of our heart. And then there was the last one was talked about, a repentance offering. So I really believe that was the word from the Lord. And so on Sunday the 18th, we're going to have, at the end of the four weeks, we're going to have a repentance offering. And, and somebody says, well, what, what should I give? Whatever God tells you to do. This is it. This is what God tells you to do, do it. And we're going to pray and we're going to be right, but we're going to engage with this in church family. So what I want to encourage you for us to wait, to us to press a little deeper this week, is number one, I want to encourage you to fast one day this week. So pick a day and fast. And just be led by the Lord. Pick a day. It could be, you know, even if you fast up to dinner, do like a John Wesley kind of fast or whatever works. Just fast a day this week. And then we're going to have prayer calls Tuesday, night, Wednesday, night, Thursday, night, kind of like we've done. So it's just going to be on Zoom. If you're on the church email list, they'll send you the information. But we're just going to put it out there and we're just going to pray. We're going to seek God. We're going to fast. You say, well, if I can't make the calls, I work at nights rather than just pray yourself. Let's just seek God and let's get after God together. But I think at the center of it all, family, is this heart to say yes. That's really the, the biggest theme. If you want to throw back up my photo for me, Stephen, back there. It's just saying yes. I don't know exactly what's coming, but I got my Father's hand. How are we going to make this work? I don't know, but I got my Father's hand. How are we going to have the provision for it? Well, I'm not quite sure because we're pioneering. We're going to new territory, but I got my father's hand. Yeah, but what if there's challenges and persecutions and difficulties? Yeah, that'll be hard. And I don't even know right now myself how I'll handle, but I know whose hand I'm holding on to. And that we will be people who just say, Lord, I'm taking your hand. Every day I'm going to say yes. Every time we gather, we're just going to say yes again. And if we fall down and mess up, we're going to get back up. We're going to repent and we're going to say yes again. We are going to be people who say yes to whatever, whenever, however. We just want to be people who say yes. And I want to be a person that says yes. And I want to be a church family that says yes. How many people want to join me in that? And so if your heart is just to say yes to God, I want to invite you just to stand up to your feet, wherever you are right now. And let's just raise our hands to the Lord, just this moment. And if you're not quite sure you're ready to say yes now, don't feel pressure like you have to stand. Don't feel, I, I, I really want this to be a moment before God. I prefer, if you're not sure, like we're not in a judging place. Oh, so-and-so is not standing. Well, it's just, okay, work with God. I want you to work on God. Like we need this kind of just real but let's just before the Lord Father we're here and we're saying yes we say yes come on just even in your own words we're just saying yes well you're like what am I saying yes to well we're saying yes to God but in some ways we don't know we're pioneering we're going to new territory we're just saying yes to the Holy Spirit we're saying yes to what he wants to do in us we're saying yes to what he wants to take us we say yes to you God we say yes to you, Lord. Come on, if you're online, just where you are, I want you just to create that spot where you say yes to God. God, we want to say yes. Empower us. Give us the grace. Give us the strength to say yes, Father. Lord, I pray that we will be people that, that don't, don't hold back. We won't be people that argue and negotiate with you, but we'll be people who just say yes. Father, I thank you even just the words that we'll say yes to knowing you, that we will say yes to going deeper in you, that we'll say yes to, to pressing into what you have for us, God. 
that we will be people that say yes. Come on, let's just take a moment before the Lord here. Consecration. We want to do more of these over these next several weeks. I'm just saying yes. And being those that just hold his hand. I want to encourage some of you, if things get hard, just hold his hand. If you're not sure what to do, just hold his hand. Whatever's going on, just make that decision. God, I don't know what's going on, but I know you, and I know you got me. say yes. We just pray this over everyone here in Jesus' name.